Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Lovely songs, as always, from our worship band. And again, a nice, lovely morning, and lovely to see you all. Welcome. Welcome. Well, if it's okay to start with a little joke, now that I'm a minister in training, right? So maybe you've heard this before, but um, it's a joke about a new, a new minister starting, um, you know, he set up his office, and uh, he started to put his stuff in, and he bumped into the previous minister who said to him, look, do you know what? I left three envelopes in, in the drawer for you there in the, in the desk. Um, if you ever have troubles or, you know, um, any sort of emergencies, just open those envelopes and uh, they will guide you. Well, the new minister thought, I'm not, not going to have any troubles, so that's fine. I know they're there. Um, well, he started, you know, with enthusiasm to try and change something in the Sunday school and uh, how the children used to come in the church during the holiday times and so on. So he upset the Sunday's uh, school teachers. <laughs> so they were upset. They started to talk a bit about uh, the new minister. So he thought, well, it's time to look at the first envelope. So he opened the first envelope, and uh, there was written, it, it, was, um, it was said, well, there you go. You started your role. You have some troubles with the Sunday school teachers, I believe. So no worries. Go and tell them it was the previous minister's idea to do this, and they will be fine. So he went back and told the Sunday teachers, yeah, that was the previous minister's idea, and it all went well. Well, another year and a half passed, and uh, you know, the new minister tried to change something in the worship band, um, the way the instruments were set up, the distance between them, something like that. And uh, Obviously, the worship band, get, the worship band get, got mad at the new minister. You know, why all this? And uh, he got in trouble again. So he went and opened the second envelope, as you can imagine. And there it was written, well, well, now you're one year in and you had some troubles with the worship band. Well, don't worry. Tell them it's the policy from the Baptist Union that you need to do the change and uh, see how it goes. So he went and told that to the worship band and it all went well. Well, you guessed it, after three years in the role, he tried to change the membership of the diaconate, you know, from a lifelong term membership. He tried to say, we need to change the deacons once a year. As you can imagine, he got in trouble with the deacons very, 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 very bad. So um, he, you know, the deacons deciding his salary, he thought, well, that's it, I need to open the third envelope. So he opened the third envelope and uh, he was saying, well, you upset the deacons now. There is only one thing you could do. Prepare three envelopes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that was the little story. I've just started, so hopefully that's uh, nothing to do with, with us. So it's absolutely fine. And it's great to see you this morning again. Praise the Lord. It's so wonderful to worship the Lord together. His love and uh, his um, grace for us endures forever as we sang. And uh, the last few Sundays, as you know, we spoke about uh, having a joyful heart, having a, um, a joyful attitude uh, when we follow our Lord, our God. And Jackie last time also spoke about obedience and having a tender heart being key ingredients for us having joy in the Lord. So it looks like without planning, we had a little mini-series about our attitude towards God. So we're going to carry on this morning with um, an attitude of thankfulness, of gratitude uh, towards God for everything he has done for us. Because so easy sometimes we forget the goodness of God. We forget to come back and thank him. 
And uh, just thinking, you know, of this fellowship, how lovely uh, God is, is blessing us. Um, I visited uh, Toy Library yesterday and was so happy to see new people, new families coming in, uh, making use of our uh, Toy Library and using the church. That's the purpose of us being here. And I was thinking how many things are happening with the breakfast church, the clubs we have, Renew Peace, uh, you know, LED, young um, adults group, Sunday schools, well, all the things are happening, boys' brigades, girls' brigades. So let's spread the world around us what's happening here in the name of our Lord Jesus. As we, as we learned, there is a new study starting on a Tuesday, thanks to Elizabeth. We're also planning to start a Wednesday night table tennis again. So uh, that's good news, but we, we, decide, uh, we need to decide on the date. So many, many things to be grateful for, isn't it? So this morning passage is about a story who teaches us exactly that, how to be grateful, how to be thankful for what God is doing for us. So I'll have a, have a volunteer to read the text for us. Reading from Luke 17, 11 to 19. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was killed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Thank you. Thank you. What an amazing story here. And this passage is only found in Luke. Luke, as we all know, was a doctor. So he seems to be more passionate about healing, about sickness in that time. And uh, he wrote about this, um, this story, about this miracle. So we're just going to go through, through this story and take things for us to open our hearts and minds and learn from this passage in verse 11, it says, Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. He traveled between the Samaria and Galilee. Jesus was on his last journey to Jerusalem before his arrest and crucifixion. And he was traveling, still looking for the lost sheep. Isn't that wonderful? And this, if we think of it, it was the last chance for the ten lepers to find healing for their lives. The last chance when Jesus was to travel through that area. They got the last train. We can think of it, isn't it? They got the last train. And friends, this is a reminder that the scripture, yes, we're living in a period of grace, in a time of grace, but the scriptures also talks about a second coming of the Messiah. So we need to think that today, now, is the time for us to get in the train, to tell others about this last train of salvation in our Lord Jesus. 
the last hope for people to be saved. So let's remember as we read this story that we also maybe are to get into the last train. Verse 12, 13, as he was going into a village, 10 men, we read, that had leprosy. They stood at a distance and they called with a loud voice, Master, Master. It was not unusual for people with leprosy to create small communities to help each other because they were outcasts from their society, from their villages. So they could just live together. They were not allowed to mix with other people anymore. And leprosy was a horrible disease in the ancient times. So we read in Leviticus, for example, chapter 13, the condition of these people that they have to stay outside of their community to dress in a certain way and shout, unclean, unclean, whatever they see someone approaching. That was a contagious disease and there were specific rules for them. So they were in an awful, awful situation. As we would say today, a dead man walking. That's what they were, unfortunately. So spiritually as well, these people were considered sinful. The society kind of saying that was God's punishment. They must have done something in their life. So their, their condition was awful. But we see in sickness, all the differences between people disappears. Isn't that something to learn about? In suffering, in sickness, in hospital, it doesn't matter who you are. Maybe amongst those ten, who knows, they may have been millionaires, they may have been people with high ranks in the society, maybe religious leaders, poor as well. We don't know. Samaritans, Jews, you see, in suffering, it doesn't matter who you are, what's your background. But you know the great news is, it's the same with grace. It doesn't matter who we are. It doesn't matter what happened in your life. Grace is the same for each and every one of us. And that's an amazing, great news, isn't it? To know that whatever you have done in your life, grace is there. Jesus' love is there to pick you up and to heal you. That's amazing, I think. So there were people in need. That's how we can classify them. Um, they cried out to Jesus, not to another person, as it happens these days, you know. I know in traditional churches, people are going to different places to find solutions, saints, and so on. They went straight to Jesus, and that's another lesson for us. We have an open door through his sacrifice to go straight to him, to ask for his mercy. They ask to have pity on them, to have mercy on them, which means they understood he has the power to give mercy. And mercy means something that you don't deserve. Didn't know Jesus had mercy on all of us? On all of us, he had mercy and gave us forgiveness and a new life. We need to be thankful, don't we? Verse 14, it's so wonderful. He says, when he saw them, Jesus saw them. And let's pause for a moment and think of this short statement. Do you know what? Jesus will see you. If no one else will see you, if you're deep in distress, if you're deep in trouble, if you think that everyone has forgotten you, remember this. Jesus sees you wherever you are. Amen? Jesus sees you. 
He sold them and he helped them. Jesus will see you for sure. Just cry out. Just come to him. Ask him. He will see you. There is no deeper hole. There is no things that you have ever done in your life for Jesus not to be able to see you and understand you and forgive you and clean you from wherever that may be. You see, in the same verse, he says, go to show yourself to the priests. It's a bit fun, isn't it? Go to show yourself to the priests. Not even a word of, oh, yeah, okay, be healed. But you know what? Why the priest? Jesus knew the plan he had for them. Because in Leviticus, the same passage who described the sickness also gives the um, instructions for how someone could uh, declare that he was healed. It was the priest who had the authority, who had the responsibility to check if someone who leprosy comes back and says, whoa, look, uh, I don't have the disease anymore. It was the priest who used to do a ritual and check him and declare him healed. Well, thank God that's not the minister's responsibility anymore. I wouldn't take that job maybe today. But that was the priest's role. So what basically Jesus is saying here, through faith, go to show to your priest and you will be healed. Right? Go to show yourself to the priest. The priest confirming the miracle. It was another chance for them to see who Jesus really was. If you remember the beginning of his ministry and he did some healings, he said, no, 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 don't tell anyone. It's not my time yet. But now he knew it was his last journey towards Jerusalem. And he said, go tell the priests what I've done to you, basically. So the priests had the chance to turn to God. And it was remarkable. He asked them to go to the priests before healing them. And it wasn't, they weren't healed when Jesus said those words. They were healed when? While they were going. And this goes back to the point from last Sunday. Obedience. While we're listening to what Jesus tells us, we will be blessed. We will be healed. We will be forgiven if we're listening to his words. Isn't that amazing here? Following his instructions, they were healed. They could have said, what? How can we go to the priest? We're not allowed to go in a village. But they didn't argue. They just did what they were told. So there, in that sense, they were an example of obedience. And sometimes if we look in our lives, you know, when God says something about us, God says, I love you. I don't care what you did. I just love you. And I want you to follow me. I want you to be forgiven. And sometimes what we say, yes, Lord, but I don't feel it right now. You know, God says, I have a plan for you. I have great news for you. Say, so, yes, Lord, but, but, you know. Those with children, we know what that means, right? You tell your children from your life experience, look, this is good for you. You should be doing this. You should be saying that. You go to there and you behave like this. Yeah, but, yeah, but. You know that feeling? Yeah, dad, but, but. No? Too many arguments sometimes in our lives. So let's ask ourselves how many contra-arguments we have with the Lord, maybe on a daily basis, you know? Maybe in our daily lives. He says, I forgave you. I forgave you. You are free to live your life to the fullness. So let's stop saying, but. Yes, Lord, but. And to say, amen, Lord. I believe it. I take it for my life. So they were cleaned when they started to walk in their faith. While they were walking. Imagine their reaction. Right? 
start walking, and suddenly they look at each other, wow, your face is not purple anymore. Look at you. Wow, your voice is starting to sound normal again. Wow. You know, because the thing is, you see the blessings first in other people's life, isn't it? And that's how then you feel blessed as well. So help us, Lord, to see the blessings in these fellowships, in other people's lives, and give thanks to the Lord for that, as we said before. Amen. Amen. So Jesus, let's remember, he's not too high not to be able to help you, no matter our condition. Imagine these people, they could go back to their houses and hug their children again and be integrated in the society again. But verses 15 and 16 says, One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. The one leopard who returned gave God the glory he deserved. He acknowledged that Jesus was greater than the priest. He acknowledged that Jesus is actually greater than a teacher. He acknowledged that there is something about this man, this person, that he can give him more than a physical healing. Do we see that picture? You see, that was exactly the way this person felt. Isn't that amazing? You feel the vibe? Do you feel the excitement? Do you feel the life-changing moment that happened? That's exactly what Jesus can do today for us. He was twice marginalized. Not only he was a leper, he was also a Samaritan. He was in, a two, he was in two minorities, if you like. You know, tough life for him. You know, a foreigner, a Samaritan, and a leper. As you know, in the temple in Jerusalem, there was a big sign saying, no foreigners allowed. That's what he said. No foreigners allowed. But you know what? Through our Lord Jesus Christ, he broke that barrier. So through him, through his sacrifice, we have an open door right to our Father in heaven to pray, to thank him. And he allows everyone who believes in him to come and thank him. You know, we observe in his attitude that he turned back. He turned back. You see, this society tells us progress is to carry on, be your own gods and do whatever. You know, progress is go ahead, leave everything, leave God. Progress, my friends, is to go back to God. Turn back to God. Turn back our lives to God. And that's where we find who we are. That's where we found our identity. Maybe the, the other nine rushed to the priest to start their new life. You know, they couldn't wait to be declared healed. They couldn't wait to go shopping again. But this one man realized that everything else can wait. Shopping can wait. WhatsApp can wait. YouTube can wait. Series can wait. Rugby can wait. Sorry, guys. Football can wait. Everything can wait. But we have to give thanks to our Lord Jesus. You know? And I'm so happy to see you here on a Sunday. I know there are many things we can do. And it's so lovely to be here. You know? Where the Bible says, as I said earlier, where there are two or three, our Lord Jesus is here in our midst to bless us, to forgive us, to touch our lives. Amen?
And then verses 17, 18, Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Three questions Jesus asks here. Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? There are all rhetorical questions, right? Where are not all ten cleansed? Yes. Where are the other nines? Where, where have they gone? You see the disappointment in Jesus' voice here. You see that sadness that they didn't get it. You see his, his sorrow for those, for those people who don't get it. Why were they not thankful? Maybe they didn't care anymore. Isn't that what happens with so many people, you know? You get what you wanted and then forget about it. You know, people are praying when they are in, in big distress, when they, they are maybe on the hospital bed, and they pray maybe, and I heard, oh, Lord, if you get me out of here, I will just follow you, I will do this, and I will do that. And God helps us all, doesn't he? But sometimes, so, so very often, people are forgetting to come back and say thanks to our Lord. Spurgeon, because I'm studying at the Spurgeon College, so I have to look for some quotes. Spurgeon said on this matter, External religious exercises are easy enough and common enough. But the internal matter, the drawing out of the heart in thankful love, how scarce a thing it is. Nine obey ritual where only one praise the Lord. So I'm going to ask this morning, which category are we in? Let's be on that one category. One out of ten mathematicians, what percentage is that? Ten percent. Exactly, ten percent. Isn't this like a picture of our society today, right? Because I'm sure our Lord Jesus is asking this morning, where are all the other people in Adelstone? Where are all the other people in UK? Have, they, have I not died for everyone? Have I not go on the cross for every individual? yes. And where are those people? And you know, he even cried for Jerusalem in Matthew 23, verse 37, 38. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who killed the prophets and stoned those sent to you. How often I have longed to gather your children together as a hen gathers her chicks under her wings, and you were not willing. This, my friends, it's what we can see in these um, developed countries where you know, we used to send missionaries. Well, thank God we have a missionary uh, in Africa. But you get the point. I mean, in these countries where we used to send missionaries, where we used to uh, evangelize the world, I think it's kind of by the last consensus, we are the ones needing missionaries, isn't it? Where are they? Jesus asks. So today, in Adelston, in this place, in our fellowship, let's think again. Let's think again, how can we bring back this good news to people around us, to our friends, to our neighbors, right? This attitude of thankfulness, this attitude of, of being grateful for what God has done for us, because I'm sure Jesus is waiting for everyone to come back and thank him. In the last verse, verse 19, it says, Then he said to him, Raise and go, your faith has made you well. In King James Version, it says, your faith has made you whole. But I think here, the Romanian translation got it better. 
In the Romanian translations, it says, your faith has saved you. Your faith. Because it was more than a healing here. This man out of ten, he was saved, healed and saved. Amen? Healed and saved. So let me ask this morning that question. Are you well with God this morning? Are you well? Are you really well with God this morning? And if not, today is the day to come back to our Lord Jesus and get things right with him. Get forgiveness. Get his love. You know, in John chapter 1, verses 11, 13, he says, He, Jesus, came to that which was his own, to the Jewish people back then. But his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. So I'll pray this morning that all of us here and all those who are listening, we are children of God through faith, born of God, chosen and um, receiving his grace in our lives. Be thankful for what he has done for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening.